salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the commissioner, wrapping up week 16 of the NFL schedule. I have to say, I am devastated. I am bothered, devastated, appalled, ashamed. It's not for all games, just the one game that I saw that I will touch on briefly. Um, great week of football. What else can you say? A lot of teams playing for playoff spots. And congratulations goes out to a number of teams that have clinched at this point, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First time in roughly 19 years that they've clinched or 15 years, what have you. Still, it is a monumental uh, feat that they've accomplished. Something that they haven't seen and heard of in such a long time because the Buccaneers were that bad not too long ago. I mean, there's a lot of probably there's probably a lot of young people out there today that probably following the Buccaneers probably for the first time in their lives. And they see how Tom Brady has placed his team to become contenders, but they weren't always contenders. Mind you, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 2002. And I remember that game clearly. Why? Because I placed some money on it. You know what I mean? I made, I made it all big. I told everybody, bet your check on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played against the Oakland Raiders there. And I believe there was in, um, it might have it been in California or Miami. I can't remember where the Super Bowl was. It was so long ago, but I knew they won. I knew they smoked them. I believe Dexter Jackson was the Super Bowl MVP of that game. It was a big game, but that's that's how far back we're talking about. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just how good, how great a team they were and how they are now. With the help, of course, of Tom Brady, the defense, Brian Leftwich doesn't get enough credit as offensive coordinator working with Tom Brady. And, you know, I, I really have this soft side for Todd Bowles. Shout out to him. I know what they did in New York. I was there. I was there watching everything and talking about New York and how they screwed Todd Bowles out of a coaching position, especially after they got Sam Darnold. And now look at him. Sam Darnold's no longer there and Todd Bowles is no longer there. Talking about karma. But nonetheless, let me get into my two-a-days for week 16. For those that don't know by now, I am the Kamish. Hello, welcome everybody. Salutations, if I know what to say. Uh, two a days is just that. We talk about two teams that had great games. We talk about two teams that had horrible games. And I like to at least acknowledge those teams that did well for each week. And, 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 and of course, this is all based off the perspective of the commission. Nobody else. It doesn't matter. I can care less about what anybody else may say, regardless of what network it may be. Because it's right here in my world, the Kneel Down podcast world, that I give you full stats, full perspective, full analysis of these teams, and of course, my own personal take on how well or how poor these teams performed. And so I want to start off with the good of my two-a-days, and I looked at all these games, and I looked at the number of stats that I could regarding a lot of these teams, and a lot of these teams were playing, obviously, for a spot in the playoffs. Some of them were just playing to at least keep themselves in the running. So when I look at Buffalo, they're keeping themselves in the running. Shout out to Buffalo. Shout out to Tampa Bay, of course. Shout out to Kansas City, how they annihilated Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh didn't come to play at all. Now, I know the situation with 
Pittsburgh, and I know all about Roethlisberger and where he stands, but you still got to play defense. And I get home from whatever occasion I was at, and I get home that evening to see that Pittsburgh didn't even put a point up until maybe near the end of the third quarter. It was 30-3 to going to the fourth quarter. It was amazing. It's amazing how far this team has come, but just how depleted they are when it comes to performance and wins. I believe right now they stand at 7-8-1 and one, or maybe 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, whatever the case may be. I can't recall. I can't think of the top of my head, but it's not good. It's not good for that organization where they stand right now with Pittsburgh. And seeing that Roethlisberger is playing his last few games, you would think they'd be playing a little bit better than they have, but they have not. So shout out to Kansas City and that win. Green Bay, big game on Christmas. But you know, that was a game that you know, the defense won that game for Green Bay. I, I, yes, I know. I know. Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns, set the uh, passing touchdown record held by Brett Favre, total touchdown. I, listen, I, I know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. And I want people to think as though I'm not really giving Rodgers his due. We've been down this road before. It was sometime, maybe, okay, last year we were talking about how well Rodgers was. He was there. And then what happened? Let me know how that unfolded after we finished the regular season. And so that's why I'm not giving a lot of emphasis. I'm not putting a lot of emphasis on Rodgers just yet. Because I know what he's capable of doing. It's everybody else that I'm concerned about. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, outside of Devontae Adams, outside of a lot of other guys on, on offense. Yeah, A.J. Dillon, Marquez, Valdez, Scanning throw them in the mix too. I know what these guys are capable of doing. It's the defense that I'm concerned about. And I said this on my last show, so I will not digress. Let me see what this defense does for the remainder of the season going into the playoffs. They have a bye week set if they continue to win, which I got to believe they will. I don't see their schedule getting any harder for them. But still, they won against Cleveland on Christmas Day. Shout out to them. Shout out to Houston, the Houston Texans. Texans? Yeah, Texans. The Texans beat the Chargers. Go, Chargers, go. And they didn't go anywhere. The Chargers didn't look good at all. I don't know why. Maybe they underestimated their opponent. That happens. If you're a team that doesn't take another team lightly, or excuse me, if you're a team that takes another team uh, lightly and you don't take them seriously, this is what happens. This is a prime example of what happens to those teams that sleep on teams like the Houston Texans and think that, ah, they're not going to beat us. And then they smoke them. I mean, this 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 Houston team, they held the Chargers to 25 points, if I'm correct. It's amazing. It's amazing what every weekend gives you when it comes to football. So I love it. There's no such thing as a sure shot. There's no such thing as a guarantee. Everything is, is paired on what happens week by week. And now with the threat of COVID affecting everybody, all these teams, those that don't know, they sent everybody home in Carolina because they have about 14, 15 people all affected, infected with COVID. I mean, gosh, we can't do better than this. Yeah, I'm going to place blame on these adults because you have to know what you're supposed to do. 
I know what people are thinking too. We can't control this. Come on, commission. We can't. We can't control COVID. Well, listen. You can control what happens to you. You can put a mask on your face and keep it moving. How hard is it to get a mask there in Carolina? How hard is it for that organization to put together some Carolina Panther masks and wear that throughout the state? I'd be the first one to have one on. And I mean, I'm looking at Cam Newton and, yo, if, if this dude has COVID again, like, on, this guy cannot catch a break. The reason why he's not playing in New England had a lot to do with the fact that he was COVID-ridden. But, you know, I, I think there's just a number of teams that will slowly get it together. What, am I, what do I mean by slowly? Like, they have to understand the process at this point. We're not going to stop anything. The NFL is making it clear. We're not going to stop anything for you guys just because you made the choice of not getting vaccinated. And even if you have been vaccinated, why not wear a mask? So before I go down that road again, I know I've pretty much exhausted to, you know, to nauseam. I mean, right now, that nauseam as far as how much we talk about COVID, I, I want to try to get off of it, but it just makes no sense how you can just excuse one team because the majority of the guys there are affected with COVID. Come on, people. We got to get it together. This is the playoffs. We are talking about the playoffs. We are weeks away from the playoffs. So with that being said, I'm going to go into my two-a-days with the good, starting with the Indianapolis Colts. Shout out to Indianapolis. Shout out to Coach Frank Wright for what he's done with this team. He has put this team on his back and has proven to this team that they are worthy of being contenders in the playoffs. They are that close from winning the division. It's going to be nip and tuck for the next few weeks. Goes without saying, but they are on pace to not only just win the division, but to win 10 games. Of the last 12, so far they've won 8 of the last 10 games on their schedule. That is monumental. There's not a lot of teams that exist now that can honestly say they've done this. They defeated the Arizona Cardinals on... I think it was Christmas. Yes, it was on Christmas. It was on Christmas that the Colts defeated the Cardinals 22-16. They're one game behind Tennessee for first place in the division. They've won three straight. Carson Wentz looks like the Carson Wentz of old. I put that in air quotes because uh, he's not that old. He's only been in the league maybe five seasons, six seasons. But he's learning that with this offense and with the confidence he gets from his coach, he can manage his team to wins. And they have an elite running game with Jonathan Taylor. Shout out to that brother. That brother runs the ball all day long, no problem. He doesn't even look winded. Heck, let me just say that Jonathan Taylor, if he doesn't get MVP, I understand why. Because Derrick Henry should have gotten it last year and he didn't. So you can't honor Jonathan Taylor with the MVP honors after overlooking Derrick Henry for MVP honors last year. Derrick Henry ran the ball for over 2,000 yards. So what are we talking about here when we're talking about Jonathan Taylor? If there's one thing I'll talk about is the fact that if you manage the game with your running game, you are unstoppable. There's not many teams that can stop a running game when it's hot. Jonathan Taylor is just that. 
Now, I mentioned Wentz. Carson Wentz was 18 for 28, meaning he threw the ball 28 times, 18 completions, 225 yards, two touchdowns. That is about average, maybe a little above average for Carson Wentz on a good day. Of course, they played a very tough Cardinals defense that doesn't get a lot of credit. And they played in Arizona. But if there's any caveat to that is that they are playing in Arizona. Arizona can't win in Arizona. They struggle the most at home. So they took full advantage of that by letting this man run the ball, talking about Jonathan Taylor, 27 times for 108 yards. Now, he probably could have had a better day, but what are they doing? They're killing clock. They're managing the game with the running game. That Cardinals defense could not shut down the Colts offense in that running game. Time of possession was in favor of the Colts. A little over 35 minutes for that game. They had fewer penalties than Arizona, with five for the day, as opposed to Arizona's 11. So they played very disciplined football. They managed, they poised, they were focused, they were disciplined. This is what you look for in a winning team, which is the reason why they've won eight out of the last 10. And I got to believe they're going to continue that streak when they play the next few games. I forget who they end the season with, but it's still the fact that they are on pace to do something that not a lot of teams have done. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Miami in just a second, but I want to acknowledge the other team of the good with the Philadelphia Eagles. Shout out to Philadelphia and those Eagles. Now, no, not a fan of the Eagles, but I give credit where credit is due. The Eagles have won three straight games, and they beat my boys on Tuesday night. They turn around five days later and defeat the New York Giants with ease. It was a yeah, it was a struggle in the first half. I'm not going to front. I think both teams were filling each other out. That Giants defense did come to play. Shout out to them. They were not going to just hang their heads low in spite of their record. They played hard. But then as something happened in the second half, and before long, Jalen Hurts is a different person. Coach Sirianni finds new ways to try to execute those plays. The defense steps up big. And before long, the second half, the Eagles outscored the Giants 31-7. Now, maybe a lot of people don't see that as a big deal. But for Kamish, if you're talking about a team that's looking for a spot in the playoffs, right now they hold the seventh seed going into the playoffs and I want to make up one other point as well another dynamic to this is the fact that they hold the seventh seed as we speak and with the win that Carson Wentz had against the Arizona Cardinals along with the win that Philly had against the Giants on Sunday guess what happens they now own a first round pick due to the trade that they made with Carson Wentz to Indianapolis this is win-win. If this team, this Eagle team, defeats Washington, which I hope doesn't happen, but if they defeat Washington and they defeat the Giants, no, the, the Cowboys, the last two games of the season, they can honestly become the sixth seed, depending on what happens to the 49ers, of which I'll touch on in a, in a few seconds. But the Philadelphia Eagles are doing something that I would not have expected them to do this season. I thought it'd be time, it'd be some time before Sirianni figured out this team. 
And lo and behold, they're coming together at the right time. Because for what we see now with Philly, they're playing on all cylinders and they're playing with confidence. They're playing and they're executing well. Maybe not great, but well. Jalen Hurts is not the best thing out there, but guess what? He's completing over 60% of his passes. He has a little under 3,000 yards passing for the season. He has 26 total touchdowns. So it's evident that if this team is to go into the playoffs, number one has to be on the field practically the entire time of that game. And that will prove dividend when they play against Washington again, at Washington, and then they'll finish their, their season against Dallas. So I commend Philadelphia for what they're doing because they understand that they have a chance and make it the playoffs where they are right now. Shout out to Philly. I also wanted to show some love to Miami. I probably should have done that first. I watched the Monday night game, needless to say. And let me just say that my hat goes off to Coach Brian Flores. He did not, he was not dissuaded at all when talking about Deshaun Watson going to Miami, the, uh, the possibilities and opportunities for Miami to pick up Deshaun Watson. That clouded that locker room for weeks. Brian Flores was right there in Tua Tungvalu's face, letting them know you are my man. You're going to be the man. You're going to be the franchise of this team. And would you believe they've won seven straight football games? Now, mind you, this is one of the few teams, if not the only team in the NFL, to go on a seven-game losing streak to turn around and go on a seven-game winning streak. Impressive. If there's one word that describes the Miami Dolphins right now, it is impressive. They're clicking on all cylinders. Tua is full of confidence, poise, focus. He has that winning pedigree from being in Alabama. He has his weapons. He loves his boy Jalen Waddle. Shout out to him. He's about to break the uh, rookie record for most receptions in a seat. What can you say about Miami that, you know, you, you, you... You cannot knock what's going on with Miami where they are right now. They hold the seventh seat right now in the AFC. And I really do hope that they make the playoffs this season because it'll just prove to a lot of people what a lot of people probably doubted them from last season and the beginning of the season and that Tua cannot win games and that Miami would be struggling for the majority of the time that Tua would be the quarterback. And a lot of people would be eating crow. Namely, some of the people on a particular network that I will not digress into. Right there, Fox. Um, going on to the bad. The bad teams. The poorest teams. The horrible teams. The disappointing teams. Despicable teams. Horrible. Just uh, garbage. <laughs> I'm putting too much emphasis on these bad teams. Shouldn't. But it's just the point I'm making that when you think about how bad these teams played on Week 16, I got to believe for those listening, I, I would like to think you're chiming in. I like to think that you agree with the commish when I tell you just how bad these teams were. Or maybe not bad is not the best way to describe the team. The way they played on Sunday and how they lost was bad. The way Minnesota lost against the Rams was bad. 
that was a game they needed to win. They've been inconsistent the entire season. I touched on that a few weeks ago. They look bad. Pittsburgh, I just mentioned it early in the show. This is the second time in a row that I've seen them struggle on offense. They look bad. The Giants, I just touched on that with Philly. Don't know what to do with themselves. I wonder about where Joe Judge will be next season. They look bad against Philly. Arizona didn't really play bad, but you're struggling in the NFC West with the Rams on your tail and San Fran not too far behind. You keep losing games. I think they've lost two or three straight. That's bad. Carolina, what can I say about Carolina? You bring back Superman, but Superman is sick from, from all the kryptonite he, he was inflicted with. He looks bad. They only put up six measly points against Tampa Bay. And I wanted Carolina to do something this year, and they haven't done it. They look like straight trash. Carolina's bad. The way they lost is bad. Cam Newton, sorry, Cam, you're bad. It's time for you to move on. It's time for Carolina to really think about where they're going to go in the next season or so because right now they're going to be on this bad list for a long time. But the two teams that have bad games and lost bad, you may even know. You may already know from the commission. You know where I'm going with this. But I got to start with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, they, they played a fairly decent game against Tennessee on Thursday night. So I want to give them some praise for having a game plan. But I got to believe without Elijah Mitchell as your star running back, too much Debo Samuel can become very predictable. And given that Garoppolo may not be the best quarterback in the league, Jimmy G can still go out there and throw a win for you. He can still manage the game to win. And they came close. But now Jimmy Garoppolo has a fractured finger and torn ligaments in his throwing hand. Uh-oh. It's not good moving forward if they're trying to clinch a spot in the playoffs, of which right now they sit at the sixth seed in the playoffs. There's no guarantee from this point on. Running game has now become a situation, and now the quarterback situation could become problematic. You're going to put out there Trey Lance, and I like Trey Lance. I was big on him when they selected him, but it makes you question what direction will the 49ers go in now? Garoppolo going to miss some time. I got to assume he's going to miss time because he injured his throwing hand. He injured his thumb. How productive can he be if he cannot grip the ball and guide the ball and direct the ball? He's not a scrambling quarterback. What more can you do with a Jimmy Garoppolo? He misses a week. So what? His, his thumb will not heal in a matter of days. Thumbs like this, ligaments, fractured at least four to six weeks, I would have to think. And I know it comes at the worst time because you're trying to find a spot in the playoffs. But what can we say about the 49ers at this point? They're snake bitten. The moment they get hot, this is what happens. They still won five of the last seven games. What difference does it make if they find themselves out of the playoffs? You lose a tough game to Tennessee in a last-second field goal, 20-17. But it's still the question mark of what's going to happen. Now you have Jimmy Garoppolo off, Jimmy Garoppolo out, and you have Elijah Mitchell out as well. You can't do it all through Debo Samuel. I'm sorry. He's good, but not enough to win games for you. The last team I want to talk about goes without saying. 
I went to the Philly-Washington game Tuesday night, saw how bad they were on Tuesday night. Then I get a chance to watch them Sunday night prime time against Dallas. They look worse than what they did Tuesday night. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm trying to find the words without stuttering here because I'm just so mad. Washington's football team. What a disgrace you've become. And um, you know what? I'm going to twist this just a little bit. I'm going to play devil's advocate because a lot of it doesn't really sit on just Washington. What, what are the referees doing? I mean, isn't there, uh, don't, don't you get a flag for taunting? So for those that watched that game, didn't you see Dallas taunting Heineke at some point? I mean, where's the class that comes with Dallas? You've owned the division the whole season. We know you've got the division in your pocket, but you still act like children. You still go out there and you clown Washington. And then the NFL just kind of overlooks what happens. A lot of missed calls. I missed a lot of, I, I didn't see any rough in the passer calls against Heineke. Guy gets hit in the face mask, no flag. What is going on with this organization? But what's going on with the NFL that you can't make this a fair game for both teams. It's bad enough they got shellacked in the first half alone, 42-7. to seven. But then you don't honor what's going on with the Washington, the Washington football team and how they were playing and how they were getting smacked up and a lot of missed calls. I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that, first of all, let me just say that the way that Washington played Sunday night was horrible. It was pitiful. There's no hyperbole here. They were just god-awful on Sunday night. It was almost as though they were scared from the door to play against Dallas. And I don't understand why you're scared to play against Dallas. They're on your schedule twice a year. Why are we in a position where we cannot go toe-to-toe with this team is way beyond me. It goes beyond the semantics. It goes beyond the political nature of how Dallas is America's team. Who cares about all that? They can be defeated. They've lost four games. They can be defeated. You can beat this team. And I've said it so many times before, how you put pressure on Dak Prescott makes all the difference on how Dallas functions on offense. But there we go. Dak Prescott had 39 passes, 39 passes. So he's well within his his range of passes. 39 passes, completes 28 of those passes for 330 yards and four touchdowns. Mind you, Dallas' defense gave him two touchdowns alone, had five sacks, two interceptions on Heineke. This was a poor performance by the Washington football team, and, and, and more so the fact that this team itself is just playing either frayed or timid, docile, whatever word you can think of. They're not playing with any enthusiasm. They're not playing with any confidence. They're not playing like they want to win. They're playing like they just want to get out of that stadium as fast as they can and just go home. I know COVID has affected Washington too, but I'm tired of the excuses. You still have a game to play. Two weeks ago, you were in the playoff hunt. You were the sixth seed. And just like that, you not even thought about to be in the playoffs anymore. It's despicable. It's horrible. Somebody should be mad. I know I am. 
I check Twitter. Everybody on Twitter that I know of that supports Washington is mad. So what's the deal? What's going to happen? What is this team going to do going into next season? And I got to believe, is anything like it's been the last several years of Washington, you are not going to see anything different. So says the commission. Those are my two-a-days for week 16. My gosh, man. My my ears are on fire. I, <laughs> I'm so mad. It's just amazing how poor, pitiful this team is. Win four straight, lose three straight. And you're losing three straight to division foes. So now you really ain't got a shot in hell to go to the playoffs. I don't know what else to say about this. It's just, this is where we are with the NFL. On top of what we get with COVID and everything else, it's sad. It's become more and more unpredictable, but yet some things still stay the same. With that being said, I want to thank everybody again for listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. Of course, I have been the commissioner. Hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. I believe that, you know, we're still in the Kwanzaa holiday. So shout out to all those that are celebrating Kwanzaa. I can only tell you that with the new year to come, I have a list of things I need to improve on. Just for myself alone. Never mind what I do on this mic. And I can only hope that with the time that comes, whatever time God blesses me with, I hope that I can improve more so for myself and for my family. But of course, just as much for the people that have been listening to me to this point. Like I said before, I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. All I try to do is better from the last time. I will be touching on the NBA soon enough before the new year comes. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a great week. Be safe out there. As I normally say, peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated as soon as you can believe me. It's real. And I'm out.